Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Happy two days after Canada Day, folks, or if you prefer the day before the 4th of July. Former British North America week? Ugh, colonialism is gross. Anyways, lots of folks right now are talking about the concept of being free from restrictions. I'm writing this introduction in and amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm getting this session to you finally after a lot of dealing with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. The session was recorded before. The intro that you're hearing now is recorded during. I am quite chuffed to be interviewing veteran podcasters about their flagship projects to produce free short fiction for me and for you. From the horror stories of Pseudopod to the science fiction of Escape Pod to the fantasy stories of Podcastle, you could say there's an Escape Artist podcast for that. You can check them out in all their projects at https colon forward slash forward slash. I know it's old school to lead with that, but it is what it is. Escapeartists.net. So today I'm going to be interviewing the inimitable SB Divya, Mer Lafferty, and Alistair Stewart. All three of them are going to chat with me about the intimacy of podcasting and that sort of asymmetrical sense of what it's like to have community and what it's like to have that community know you extremely well when you're just meeting them for the first time. We're also going to talk about how folks decided to get into podcasting in the first place and how it's built meaningful relationships among other show contributors and to some extent among fans as well. I think it's very interesting to look at how you go from a place where one person is making art that I mean, usually when it's a passion project, a person's making art because they feel that that art should be made or needs to be made or that they should or need to make that art. And and probably for a host of other, of other reasons, that's simply my experience, that there is a definite feeling that I really want to make this podcast right now. Um, but how you go from that place of how a person gets started making art and then decides, okay, now it seems like there's this fledgling community starting. They seem to know a lot about me. I know nothing about them. How do you build a meaningful relationship? How do you build a community that engages with itself? That's essentially what we're going to be talking about today. So we will briefly touch on representation in art and how curators go about 
finding representation, hopefully in a way that doesn't feel tokenizing. And I think part of that begins with bringing diversity into the selection process. But again, we'll get into it in the session and I'll let you hear it directly from SB Divya, Mer Lafferty, and Alistair Stewart of Escape Artists that make one of my favorite podcasts, Escape Pod, here on Intimate Interactions. So Mer, I'm yes. super interested to have you on this podcast. I'm super interested to chat with you. You've been in podcasting since 2004? Yes. December is, 2004. Um, yes, you were in an inaugural inductee into the Podcast Hall of Fame, Academy Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty epic. It was pretty epic. Um, what was interesting is that Hall of Fame is is kind of broad because there so many podcasts have come up since I started and have much wider wider reach and more popularity than mine. And so it was funny, like accepting this award and really, I'm pretty sure nobody in the audience knew who I was, but, uh, they, they were still polite. Um, I think it was more of, of rewarding the people who had been influencers at the very beginning of podcasting mm -hmm. than, you know, this one person is super famous. Right. Still, being an influencer at the beginning of podcasting in, you know, 2004, um, all the way through to winning a Best Fan Cast Hugo Award for Ditch Diggers in 2018, that's that's a lot. Oh, thank you. I'm very I mean, you sorry about won. the dogs. That's okay. Dogs are great. Um, I have a cat. <laughs> I have a cat that is currently sleeping on my bed waiting for me to be done so that he can play fetch with me again. Gotcha. Well, my mine just want to tell fetch. me that the very dangerous post post person is here. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, yeah, you've won quite a few Parsec Awards as well. You, you won two Parsec Awards in the same year in 2008. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was for uh, some fiction I did and the uh, I Should Be Writing podcast. Great. Um, do you, do you want to chat about your stuff, sort of offer a little bit of flavor as to who you are as a person? Sure. What would you like to know? Um... It's so strange. My my mind immediately went to um, one of my favorite um, episodes. I have many favorites from Escape Pod, but the last stellar mm -hmm. death metal opera um, oh, that you yes. hosted. <laughs> it was, I think, six nine seven. It's it's not immediately the kind of content I associate with thinking about you as a person, but <laughs> I find that because <laughs> I don't think of you as like stellar death metal opera human, but I do think about you as a very intellectual person that loves diving into stories and like teasing apart nuances. And that sometimes comes across in your um, closing discussion of stories. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, I didn't know that, but I, I just thought that was a fun story about death metal opera. I mean, it is, but it also... <laughs> It also encapsulate, encapsulates some great themes about, um, like, like what it is to be immortal and, like, to yeah. what extent is that just torture. And, and you know, leaving a legacy behind. You can't leave a legacy behind if you don't go anywhere. Right. Yeah, I like that. I liked that story a lot. Great. Um, but, and... uh, yeah, what? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and all of your stuff's available at Murverse, M-U-R-V-E-R-S-E dot com. Do you yeah. have any other stuff you wanted to promote or let us know about that's coming out? Well, I have a um, 
like I said, I have two writing podcasts, one that's for beginners called I Should Be Writing and one that's for uh, more focusing on the the business of writing called Ditch Diggers, along with my co-host, Matt Wallace. And um, yeah, I I have novels. I have a science fiction novel called Six Wakes, came out a couple of years ago. And I have, uh, I did the novelization of the movie Solo, Star Wars That's right. You did do that. I remember seeing that. And then I did another IP where I did uh, a story in the Minecraft universe for middle grade last year. And right now I'm working on a uh, book for Ace that's another science fiction murder type thing that is untitled as of yet. So that's, that's what I've got going on. Great. Yeah, I, I so in terms of show notes, I um I had run out of time to to write down all the research that I was doing because I was of course doing it last minute as <laughs> so I think so many of us podcasters sometimes mm-hmm. do when you just yeah that uh, dates creep up on on a person and uh, I just have this note prolific in content production yeah <laughs> I t- didn't even write down like all the things I was like prolific that will be enough I'll get Murr to just intro all of her own stuff see I always saw that as having ADD and having a hey wouldn't it be cool if I started this project and then starting it and going whoa that's a lot of work (laughs) again and again and again but I mean I think the important thing is that you're you're finishing those projects and getting them out yes so uh, almost all of them some of them I don't to be honest (laughs) sure um but, you know, you don't hear about those. <laughs> that, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's right. But, yeah, I, I have been able to create some stuff here and there. So it doesn't feel as prolific as it sounds. But thank you. You're very welcome. I mean, and there are always going to be those incredible savants that you see, like Isaac Asimov or someone like that, where you just look at the volume of work some people put out and you're just like, how did they find time to eat? Right. It's like you almost imagine them just one-shotting like novels, like just sitting down and being like, oh, well, this is obviously how it's going to go. And then, you know, getting into the writing process and just being done in time for dinner. And you're just like, how, how do you do That's that? That's the dream. <laughs> right? <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for um, being on the show and, and for being so generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And with that, I'll welcome everyone to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Mer Lafferty, S.B. Divya, and Alistair Stewart, um, hosts from Escape Pod and Pseudopod. Um, and Alistair, of course, owns Escape Artists. Welcome. Hi, how's it going? Thank you. Thanks. Um, so since we're talking about science fiction, I'm really curious to get into the guts of talking about escape pod more as a podcast rather than talking exclusively about podcasting what themes in science fiction excite or fill you with passion and why do you think there's that personal connection to them do you want to go first to start (laughs) (laughs) sure um some of my favorite themes uh revolve around technology in part because that's also uh, another professional field i'm in and I love science. Um, so anything sciencey and you know derived from science, extrapolated from science, cool new technology. Um, I love those kinds of big ideas that you get to explore in science fiction. But I always want stories to 
bring those awesome, cool ideas um, down to a personal level. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the stories that I really love engage with how those things impact an individual as well as society at large. You know, what does it really mean to our lives when these discoveries happen? So the kind of the old school science fiction where it's more about the discovery and less about the repercussions of that and the effects on daily lives um, don't excite me quite as much as uh, the more intimate stories um, that look at, you know, the real emotional impact on a single person. And that's where I think as a reader, I feel the most value from the story. So, Mm. you know, I I love the concepts, but without that personal connection, uh, science fiction often doesn't work for me. And was there a story that you, that you actually produced where you read the narration for it as well. I think you did one maybe that was about a young robot that fell in love with a painter. Um, I, I narrated that one. It's not one of my stories um, that I wrote, but right. uh, that, that was a really fun one to narrate. Yes. I, it hits on a lot of themes that intersect with uh, what I do in engineering, which is machine learning and mm. Uh, what most businesses today are calling AI, though I will quibble about the philosophical <laughs> underpinnings of that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I tend to pick a lot of, quote, AI stories that put a more positive spin on that. And um, mm. one of the reasons I loved that particular story was the humanization of Uh, a form of life or a form of intelligence that's not human. Mm. And I think in general, as a society, we suffer too much from dehumanizing other living things and even non-living things, uh, much to our detriment. And so anything that engages in deeper empathy really appeals to me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that accidental empathy can be incredibly fun to explore as well when robots, quote unquote, do the right thing, um, but for very robotic and it, almost inhuman reasons that make them more human. I'm thinking about when Robot and Crow saved East St. Louis, for example. Right. Yes, we can We can definitely mm-hmm. anthropomorphize, and I don't think that's always a bad word. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really good example of that. I'd like to pick up on that, if that's okay. Um, Just looking back through some of the episodes I've worked on, and there are a couple uh, in the very recent past, which I think embody a lot of what I really love about the field. Um, Escape Pod 699, which was a flashback Friday, and the story was a stretch of Highway Two Lanes Wide Mm. by Sarah Pinsker and narrated by David White, which is about a guy who gets a prosthetic arm and the arm dreams. And it is this perfect combination of the kind of sustained, never quite released scream of growing up in a small town, which I I did, um, (laughs) and something otherworldly and how it interacts. And it's almost a mundane fantastical. It reminds me an awful lot of the the artwork of Simon Stalinhag, which in about a month and a half is going to be everywhere where the Amazon Tales from the Loop series hits. Mm. And it's that same thing of 
kind of gentle, almost rural, rural locations with something impossible in them. And the other one, which I really, really loved, which speaks directly to what Divya was just talking about, was um, episode 704, Failsafe by, by Tim Chawaga, which we had uh, the amazing Tina Connolly narrate, which is about one of the lost humans who works. And her job is basically to do a very small menial task between two robots. And everything else is automated, and in a, sooner or later, she will be automated out. And the story is about what happens when she gets the notice that she's being replaced, and what she does, and what the robots do. And it is exactly what you were both talking about. It's one of those <laughs> stories which is very gentle and small, and I, I think is on my Hugo ballot. It really is that good. The one reason why I love working with Divya is that we come at stories from different angles, but we usually end up liking the same stories. Mm. Um, she's the scientist and I'm more, I just want a good story. And I look for stories with, uh, when, when Escape Pods was started, uh, Sarah Ely wanted to focus on fun. And of course you could take that and define that in many different ways. Not always humor, not always slapstick, not always, uh, lacking seriousness but just often with a sense of of hope mm -hmm. and um the podcast has changed in the next 15 years through different editors and just time but i still like to look for stories that leave me feeling uh satisfied and hopeful and um i always turn to uh I think it's Will McIntosh's uh, Midnight Blue as one of my favorite stories that exemplify what I look for in Escape Pod because it's a uh, it's a story of it's just a story of hope. It's a weird story and uh, it's long and you don't really know where it's going and the it ends up okay and um, while. Yeah, the, the science fiction, of course, has to be there. Um, I also look for the, the emotional feeling a story gives me to see how it fits. Mm. Yeah, I, lo I love it. So would you three like to talk briefly about how you decided to get involved with Escape Pod? Well, I was a fan since uh, Sarah Ely started it. Uh, she sent me a she FedExed me a box of brownies as a bride <laughs> to talk about it on my show. Um, By the and, way, that still uh, absolutely works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Just, uh, are are you yeah. saying that I should be FedExing you all boxes of brownies to talk about my podcast? I'm I'm not saying you should be. I am saying that it's an option. <laughs> I will I will certainly consider it. Um, from there, uh, Sarah and I became friends and, um, I submitted a couple of stories and when she decided to expand it and start pseudopod, I came up with the idea of pseudopod, just thinking it was a fun play on words. And that's when she's like, yeah, you should help me. You should do the, the, do, do the co-editing on it. And that was unexpected, but, but I did, and then didn't find that it worked with everything else going on in my life. So I stepped down, which is when Alistair, um, did the non-Britishy thing and spoke up. <laughs> um, and then gosh, I edited it on my own for a little while in the mid, around 2010, 
and then I had to step down because I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. And then I came back uh, after we tried a, a magazine, an online magazine called Mothership Zeta, which really just didn't take off as much as we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And so then I uh, came back here because Norm was stepping down and uh, Divya was stepping up and wanted a co-editor. Right. If, did I get all that right, guys? Because I've mentioned that, both of that, you a couple of times. I think so, yes. Okay. That, 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 that is pretty much it. Mary is essentially uh, the, the escape artist's version of Wolverine. She will <laughs> go off and have solo adventures for a little while and then come back and somehow be in multiple places at once. Got it. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. Yes, she she is an excellent addition always, um, and we are lucky to have her back, or at least I was very lucky and happy that she said yes to being my co-editor a few years ago. Um, but I, uh, I started uh, as a slush reader on the invitation of Rachel K. Jones, who is also a fantastic author and was co-editor of Podcastle for a little while, and... I decided to say yes because I had heard that, you know, it's it's good if you're a short fiction writer to read lots of stories to see what's in submissions. And at the time she asked me, I think I had all of two tiny flash pieces to my name, which was very exciting, but I was very new to the whole thing. And so I said yes. Um, and then, I don't know, things happened and I became the assistant editor and then when norm retired um he thought i would make a good editor and i agreed enough to take the leap of faith and was was very happy to be holding hands with mer while doing it because i figured she knew a lot more what she was doing than i was but i think on the hosting side um i very nervously but also uh, excitedly decided to start getting behind the microphone as an assistant editor. I want to say maybe first for Artemis Rising, uh, where I was the guest editor. And it felt like an opportunity to grow myself, to kind of push beyond my comfort zone and really uh, try putting myself out there for the first time and see what happens. I didn't necessarily have a lot to lose, but I wasn't necessarily going into it as, yes, this is podcasting thing is something I really want to do with my life. But the more I did it, um, the more I enjoyed it and have on occasion had ideas for other podcasts and had to tell my brain that I'm already overcommitted to too many things in my life and Mm -hmm. to file those away for maybe someday when I have more bandwidth um, to do more things. So I'm I'm glad I took that plunge. It's worked out very well. It arrived for me at basically the exact right time because uh, I finished my... Adolescence, um, basically glued to, to uh, shows like Northern Exposure. Um, John Corbett's work on that, as as Chris Stevens, the local town DJ, was was kind of my magnetic north as I was finishing growing up. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'm I'm physically very big. I'm I'm kind of six two in both directions, and and Corbett's <laughs> six five, and he's articulate and eloquent and fun, and he and. Chris, the the like I say, the DJ in this tiny little sleepy Alaskan town, is this incredibly well-read guy who loves language and art and creativity. And for someone who grew up in a very small town on a very small rock, and 
was not even the nerd. I was I was the weird arty kid who no one quite knew where to fit in. I was on the rugby team, but I wasn't, you know, an athlete. It was I, I used to think of myself as like a multi-class teenager if you, mm-hmm. if you were playing D and D. And characters like that showed me who I should be. And Escape Pod and Pseudopod were an opportunity to be that. And a decade down the line, what's very clear is they were an extremely good choice. You know, as as vehicles for personal growth, as ways of making positive changes in the industry I love, even though sometimes that industry does not love itself, I couldn't be in a better place. Wonderful. I'm, I'm curious to insert a question um, here in the show and just one that I haven't disclosed to you. So feel free to, to skip if you feel like you need more prep. But I'm curious to talk a little more um, about how podcasting has been a source of personal growth. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, but I'm, I'm curious not just what Escape Pod's taught you about life, but sort of how Escape Pod has been a vehicle for growing yourself as a human. If I may. Yeah, go for it. Um, a couple of different ways. It's tremendously good for discipline because there's, especially running the company, there is always something to do. There's always something to wrangle. And that helps in every other aspect of my life. And it's also been tremendously helpful, honestly, for psychological and emotional health. Uh, I'm, I'm a freelance journalist and have been for almost as long as um, I've, I've worked for escape artists. And specifically, I'm a freelance journalist in the genre fiction space. And the way I often describe myself is I was raised by wolves. I, I'm, I've never been staffed anywhere. I've always been someone who's come in assignment by assignment. And that can damage you socially. That, that can have negative impacts on your confidence. And Escape Artists has always been something I could put my back against. At the times where the work has dried up, and the work has dried up an awful lot, freelance life it is what it is Mm. i've always had something to do with the show and that's always felt like forward progress and that's helped almost more than i can articulate Mm. thank you for that mar you want to go next or should i um i don't know if i can beat al um can you remind me the, the 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 actual question yeah sure the question was um rather than the last one that was sort of um what has has your time on Escape Pod taught you about life? This one is more, how has Escape Pod been a vehicle for teaching you about um, yourself and growing you personally? When you purchase a story, you get a sense of, of you know, whether you like it or not and, and why you like it. And then Divi and I talk about it and, and then we buy it. And then it, it goes kind of out of my head because we need to make room for more stories coming in. But when like the hosting bit comes up, I really have to look into why, not necessarily why we bought it, because I don't know if I want to be that inside baseball to all the listeners, but more what it means to me and what I got out of it and what I hope other people get out of it, which sort of forces me to slow down and churn through the story a bit deeper. And um, I really liked that aspect of it. Mm. I will say for myself uh, that Escape Pod has taught me courage. Um, I've had to make a lot of decisions, uh, which can be hard. And 
not knowing what the outcome is going to be, whether things are going to be good or bad. Are people going to like the story? What's the feedback going to be like? What about, you know, my commentary? Is it going to resonate? So I think this kind of, maybe I'm just beating the same drum, but it really has been, um, a way to expand my horizons to exercise courage to push beyond where I would have ever considered going on my own. Um, and I think escape pod combined with the rest of my science fiction writing career, you know, having a book out, going on panels, um, speaking in public for the first time, all of these things have really taught me a lot about what I'm capable of much more than I would have believed if you'd asked me five or six years ago, uh, am I going to be doing, you know, hosting on a podcast or, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking, I spoke at, uh, Sony PlayStation on international women's day about women in technology and just if you'd asked me five or ten years ago yeah can you get up in front of a room and do this I would have said no way um and if you ask me will I get up and do this next year I will say 100% hand me the microphone I can get up and talk in front of a room and it's not terrifying (laughs) and sometimes I even enjoy it and uh, I definitely have escape pod to thank for for that for you know teaching me that I can handle a lot more responsibility than than I ever did before thank you yeah as a as a queer and kinky non-monogamous person just being very alternative and and being a person of color hearing that that folks are getting up and talking about marginal communities moving forward in mainstream society and being better represented always gives me a sense of peace and relaxation. So I really appreciate hearing you talk about women in STEM and especially being a woman of color, being able to stand in front of a room and speak confidently just sounds like it's just so wonderful to hear. I just love hearing stories like that. So thank you. Yeah. I've noticed uh, since about 2014, I've been noticing Escape Pod becoming significantly more representative of women, people of color, and queerness in story choice. Um, and I'm curious if that was a conscious choice and sort of how that evolution came about in the last five, six years. Um, I can speak to a little bit of it. It was, it was and continues to definitely be a conscious choice. Um, some of the credit definitely belongs to uh, Rachel K. Jones, who I mentioned earlier. She was the one to push for the first Artemis Rising mm. at Escape Pod, which in its original iteration was a month-long uh, showcase of stories authored by women. It, all the narrators were women, the hosts were women. And uh, there was a, you know, there was a, a considered internal push to do that. And she did it, you know, obviously with the support of um, Nathan Lee and Norm Sherman, who were assistant and editor at the time. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to continue doing that year on year. It evolved and kind of expanded its horizons to include non-binary people, trans women, um, the, uh, 
tradition of queerness and people of color, I don't know that we've had really a showcase for those, but definitely um, I think the industry as a whole has kind of changed its attitudes and is making attempts to be more inclusive and to engage a wider audience. Mm. And we definitely want to be part of that conversation. Great. Mer, did you have anything to add? I'm proud of being part of a skate pod because we look closely at our own um, ourselves and, and acknowledge the implicit bias that nobody wants to admit. You want to say, of course, I'm not racist. And then, mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't really connect with this story about somebody who's non-white. And so I'll because I didn't connect with it, I'll reject it. And you, you have to think, uh, maybe you should look into why you didn't connect. And maybe if the, you have somebody on your team who can also look at the story and maybe give you some input on where you didn't connect and why mm -hmm. the story deserves a second look. So not just on the top editor level, we've been working to create um, our associate level associate editor team that's quite diverse and we always make sure that that if there's a question about uh, uh, own voices type story coming in that that we have somebody looking at it if it's not us because we don't want to judge it just based on um, the demographics that we have and just remembering that you know a lot of 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 Prejudice is societal, society deep, not just, oh, I don't like this marginalized group of people. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you don't think to say, there's a CEO. Is it a white man or a brown woman? I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot deeper. And so we have to address that. And I think once we started to address that and fill out our team, um, that's how we got to be a lot more inclusive. And it also includes seeking out more um, more voices, mm -hmm. just saying, hey, if you're queer, why don't you submit to us? It's not right. quite enough. You need to actually you know, have queer people on your team and you need to um, showcase other queer people. You need to say not just like we're all straight. So we want to start doing queer stories. So send us your, you know, that's right, not, right. that's just, that, that doesn't show that you're inclusive. That just says you're inclusive. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, you have to show that you're, you're willing to welcome marginalized uh, voices. Yeah, that's excellently said. Thank you. Okay. And I think that was the last question I had. Thank you both as well for being on another session of Intimate Interactions. I hugely appreciate it. Well, thank you for the uh, in-depth interview. That was fun. Yeah. Very interesting. So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard? Or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon, where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on IntimatePodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. 
You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.